Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 66 of the NTS podcast. Uh, as you can probably see from the title, we are joined by a, well, I think you could class as one of the UK veterans, Beely, this week. Beely, how are you doing? I'm good, I'm good, thanks. Very good. Obviously, we have you on then to, uh, as I'm sure most people can imagine, to basically have a talk through you know your time in the UK scene, what it's been like, how it's changed and everything like that. Um, before we do, obviously, my co-host Tom is here as well. And I figured that a congratulations is in order for you, Tom. Uh, with esports insiders esports you award nomination. Oh, no, you did. You were. <laughs> I didn't know you were going to mention. No, yeah, um, yeah. Really happy. Obviously, I'm the sub editor of esports insider. Uh, it's it is it is all a team. I hate it. I, why did you do this to me, Lee? I hate you. Know, it's like I oh, I am the person on. behind the scenes. I'm the person behind the scenes. It's all my wonderful freelancers and. Me, you occasionally has to write like a couple of pieces and everybody else, but yeah, uh, two years in a row, so that's quite good. Uh, Very nice. Hopefully, we'll win it. I, we'll, we'll we'll try. We'll try and win it. Yeah, I'll, so. I'll, I'll throw a vote your way, Tom. Don't worry. <laughs> You've got at least one. Um, yeah, kind of jumping into the 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 episode. Then, uh, like I said, obviously, Billy, we you know wanted to have a chat about your time in esports, your time in the UK scene, and when I was just even having a, f- a flick through, uh, looking at the different teams and things you've been on. Am I right in thinking that your first team was it was it one of the Insomnias and you had Froomey as your jungler and somehow that didn't put you off and you you kept playing? Yeah, absolutely. So my first team was Enclave um, and we we qualified for UK Prem, I think it was called back then. By like some massive upset, it was kind of crazy. And then yeah, we went to Insomnia after that split finished and Froomey was my jungler for that period of time absolutely mm-hmm. and he made it through um and he went well i, I guess was like went... oh, it must have been the biggest test surely <laughs> i vividly remember a game where he he got like three buffed playing ivan and obviously like, ivan like instantly takes camp so i don't know how <laughs> how that happens but yeah it was a fun time well from that you you went from through to scoot so it's like not not a bad upgrade i suppose and um yeah we'll talk a bit bit more maybe about Scoot later as well and a few different junglers that you've um that you've been with. But I just wanted to talk just in general about that that kind of insomnia era, like before it was just like Forger Champions and and UK LC and stuff. Because I I think me and Tom probably got into the UK scene like just after it I feel like I always see people mention Insomnia and then I'm but like since I've been involved in the scene, there's never been one really, I think. So yeah, what was it like when it was more like lands compared to now where it's just pretty much all online? I think there's like a, a loss of touch of personability. Like the insomnias, the best thing about them isn't necessarily going to compete. It's going to meet everybody that you've been competing against throughout the split and like everybody that you've heard about and you've seen from lower leagues and even in some cases from like different leagues. So, you know, getting to meet everybody and spending time with them was always the my favorite part about it. Playing at the land was like sort of came second. It depended on the team I was playing with, some people wanted to go to win. And, you know, in, in those cases, it was bed by 10 p.m. and stuff like that. But um, it, my favorite part about it was always, you know, meeting everybody in that mm-hmm. real-life environment. I think it, it's it's weird, like, just talking about, like, you know, insomnia and stuff like that. It's, it's, it was, it, yeah, there, there wasn't, at that time in the in the UK esports scene, it was very much, it was just a casual thing, you know. It was competitive casual. 
where it was very much, hey, you were there to chill, but then there was just a tournament and it was kind of an excuse really to kind of go to these events and stuff. Well, now it's it's funny how to see like the UK scene have kind of grown so much in like not that many years compared to, you know, you see you see it in like the, the Danish scene and stuff like that, where they've been doing kind of things which we do now. They've been doing it for like 10 years or so. So it's it's really interesting to kind of see how there was that quick jump, but it, uh, I think it was good. I think it, I I really enjoy like the kind of casual part of it, and we we still do have it a little bit with like Epic Land, you know, when they do all their events and stuff. So it's nice to know that you know that's always been like I felt like quite a UK thing is this kind of casual competitive you know LAN event uh, kind of system. Mm-hmm. Then um, one thing obviously back then, being as it was so like casual, I suppose you wouldn't get. I don't, maybe it's like a bit of a nasty term, but like you didn't get orgs like taking advantage of, of people and things with you back then. Because the way I pictured it, first of all, was like you think of like the old days of, of League to begin with, it was like the Wild West and you just had, you know, like maybe dodgy people running orgs and stuff. But I suppose, maybe, was it a, at a point where it's like even before, uh, like too early for that kind of thing to even happen? There wasn't really the money involved. So, so there wasn't really much to gain from, from like. Yeah, sort of exploiting the players or anything like that. Did, was there any like kind of dramas still with that kind of thing? Uh, there was definitely some dramas because I was so new to the scene and I didn't even, you know, I, I didn't have social media. I didn't follow people that are in the scene. Like I was, I was like, I didn't even know it existed until about three months prior to joining Enclave, basically. Um, so I'm not too versed on the dramas going on around that period, but I definitely have heard stories back then. I think. Your point does stand though, like it was very grassroots. There wasn't I don't think many teams were being salaried, so um there there was you know, salary is one of the big things that happens and a lot of like the the shady stuff that happens does happen around um salary. I'm sure for the teams that were getting paid, there might have been a few things. I think I'd I think there's actually something to do with nerve rage back then, but I I I'm I'm not I don't know enough about it to actually yeah, speak yeah. on it without, you know, getting something wrong. But yeah. from from what I've heard, but there's definitely been some stories dating back to even even back then when it was like so fresh and so new for everybody. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because uh, at that point, um, and and with like base esports in general at that level, um, it was you would either come together as like just a group of friends and go and compete. Or if there was a team behind it, it would be right. We can give you like some sort of accommodation and it'll be, we get a percentage of the winnings. It won't be like, here's a, a salary. It'll be like, if you win this 10,000, well, your 5,000 pound tournament, we get a thousand of that. And then you guys get, you know, an extra. And, and in return, you get kind of accommodation and stuff like that, which goes through that. Um, so that's kind of, and it's, so it's really hard to kind of, essentially screw over a player when they're kind of so entwined with actually the results which are going out at that point as well so it was like very different how the structure was back then as well yeah and um around that time then like you said as well about the uh the uk premiership uh premiership like the esl run i think at that time um what was it like just competing in those in general as well because obviously that was eventually taken over by lbp and we had the uklc and like that um but yeah, what was it like with there? Because I, I think a lot of the the players competing back then are sort sort of still around around like UKLC as well. So how was it then compared to like UKLC now? Um, the, yeah, a lot of the players are still around. They're still you know playing. I think once you get into this, once you experience like the competitive scene, it's 
it's really it's enjoyable it's like really really enjoyable so you don't want to you, know, you don't want to give up you want to keep going at it but the difference i think i think the skill obviously as the game progresses is crazy different i think you take any team from like uklc or uk or el today and put them back then they'll probably do really well um but also the from my experience anyway that like the dedication that even the lower teams have like i see even teams that are like struggling you'd think their morale is low they're still scrimming a whole bunch like their players are reaching out trying to get like practice and advice and stuff like that so at least from my experience back then that was something that i didn't at that period in time didn't even really think about it was like oh look i'm on this team we practice this many times a week and then i sort of do my own thing and then we play this game and that was like it so i think that level of professionalism has gone up in term from the players um and i guess management as well the orgs as well stepping up everything is is just sort of leveled up mm-hmm. and does that does that change like the the enjoyment of it at all because obviously like we we're saying before it was like very like casual and now it is much more professional when everyone's kind of like more like try and kind of thing does that is that at least for you is that do you prefer it that way or is it something that's just kind of obviously it's changed isn't it i think i i do prefer it as well i think the result of that is like there's higher highs but there's lower lows as well once you you put in so much more effort and if you lose you know it takes it takes a strong characters to instantly bounce back from that i think you know, when you're in the call, you've just lost a game that you should have probably won or you're expected to win. It's just a bit silent. Um, you can start to feel how much it affects mm-hmm. everybody. But then equally, you know, not necessarily the wins, but like seeing yourself improve after putting in all that effort is is like much more satisfying than, than maybe winning a couple of games back then. But with that being said, actually, you know, I never had much success back then because I was on one of the lower teams anyway. So maybe it's different for people that would, taking it all um but definitely on the lower half of the table i can speak mm-hmm. for um you know if you won a game it was like yay we won i'll see you guys next week <laughs> <laughs> yeah i can imagine like even like me and my friends play like tier four clash where there's like literally no stakes and if we just lose all three games the call afterwards everyone's just like total silence like well what do we do now <laughs> so i can imagine if you like yeah like actually practicing for a whole week for a game that actually matters then um, yeah, I'm sure it's a lot worse than than what we have. Um, kind of looking into some of the the specific teams, then uh, we're kind of going into sort of the, the more recent couple of years. Um, when the UK LC was formed, uh, I think that was I think you were in the first split. I'm pretty sure with um, with Darkspawn. Uh, one thing I, that I wonder about that in particular, because uh, this is like kind of going back a bit, but I went I was I remember watching. XL did like a scouting grounds tournament um, with just like a bunch of like a bunch of UK players basically. Uh, and one of them that I remember thinking looked pretty good was PFI, who was there as a jungler. Uh, and I and you've obviously I think played with him a few times since. Uh, and this I'm pretty sure was the first team you were on with him. Um, I just wonder what his gen- what he's like as a player and what kind of what your thoughts on him are because he feels like someone that kind of comes and goes as well. He'll have like a split without a team and then he'll then he'll suddenly come back. Uh, and I'm always sort of surprised when I don't see him on a team because I always, at least myself, pictured him as one of the stronger junglers in the scene. So yeah, what are your your thoughts on PFI in particular? Yeah, I think he's definitely one of the stronger junglers in the scene. I think he could, any team he's on could easily be, you know, top two. Um, he He's developed a lot 
in terms of his voice. He, when we started, he was more of a. I mean, he was young, he was new, so it was he was a follower. Um, and in a jungle role, it's not something you always look for. Um, he always had a good idea about the game, but didn't speak up much back then. This is like years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, he's better. It's never afraid to be aggressive. I mean, if you watched us last split, we got to a point where we were like, okay, guys, we need to start making things happen. And then if you watch a game, like you can see the change because like, every game after we had that talk, PFI was flashing on somebody level three and just starting the game, like start snowballing the game right from then. And in terms of development, he's he's much more vocal now in terms of what he wants to do. Um, he's you know not afraid to take charge of the situation. And if he feels things slipping away, then you know you can rely on him to to get that to see that opportunity to to bring it back for you basically. Mm-hmm. And with uh, yeah with PFI in particular as well, I mentioned earlier that it's, it seems like him and Scoot are like the two junglers you've kind of like gone backwards and forwards it looks like almost every split you just swap between which one um yeah what is it about that them two in particular that's meant that you've you've kind of ended up on a number of teams you think it's just somewhat random or is it just people you get on with uh, like personally as well i think with skewed it's very um it, it is it was a bit random like i i joined the well the first time we, we signed him he was new and you know kind of any impact on that but he's like a really nice guy Love playing with him, super talented as well. And then the second time, uh, I think it was actually back on Enclave as well. So both times were on Enclave. And it was, yeah, by coincidence, essentially, they signed him. I wasn't, that split on Enclave, I wasn't even supposed to be um, a starting player. I was mm-hmm. supposed to be the sub. And then because of the, the rules of the league, they couldn't even put me as a sub. They had to, they just signed, like, and I was already on their team. So they put me as a content creator. But then something happened, I had to play full time. Um, so that's how we started. But with PFI, you know, we the first team we actually played on was uh, Phelan before Darkspawn, and that was in like some some qualifying tournaments. Um, and we got on like super well. We've been really close friends since then, basically. Um, so when we had the opportunity with Darkspawn, we took it together. And then for a couple of splits, we've actually looked together. Like if we we we've had individual like trials and offers and we've had individual discussions with teams but we have always said you know if we can if you get us two together it's going to be like a different a different experience and we we do look for that Mm -hmm. so definitely gone out of my way a bit more to to have more game time with pfi as opposed to as opposed to scoot fair enough um kind of going into uh sort of moving on from from that darkspawn era then um one I wanted to talk about in particular was the the summer L, uh, UKLC split last year, which was the one where it was like a million teams could basically get into playoffs in the last game, or basically like every team more apart from like maybe one or two. Um, just what was that like actually playing it? Because yeah, I thought it it must have just been like pretty hectic, right? Because you're trying to I guess trying to follow all the games and work out what the implications are, what's going on, and have we made it? Have we not? Uh, so yeah, what was it like just just being in the league that that was that close? It's pretty pretty bizarre to have it so close for like the whole table, right? It was yeah, it was really really exciting. Um, we had internal issues for for the the start of that split, and we were really struggling as a team to come together and sort of get wins consistently. And we had like this spreadsheet when it got to that point, 
and we had some people on, like our analysts on that were very um or i think it was the manager was very like on the scenarios like he loves spreadsheets so we had a spreadsheet that showed everything and we actually got to a point in the split where we were like it might not have been healthy but before the games the analyst would be like okay guys if we lose this game then we have to win this game and this game and this game and this game we can only afford to drop these games like we were given these scenarios and then it got to a point where it was actually like okay well guys now we would need to win every game to even <laughs> have a shot of getting to playoffs and we did it so <laughs> we, we we couldn't afford to drop a single game and we didn't and that was like super satisfying um especially right up until the last day you know getting that last win on the board knowing that you've secured yourself and i think like the top six teams all had the same score or were within one game of each other it was it was nice to watch the chaos unfold on twitter as people tried to figure out what was going on yeah i can imagine yeah because i remember i was looking back and it was literally the last two weeks you guys went like four and oh or something and just jumped up yeah through the table um what i wanted to ask as well just looking on that team in particular um on that roster just another player that i've I've seen you play with I think a couple of times now um is Rifty as a as a top laner because this is someone that I I don't think I've ever really ever sort of watched with I don't know just not watched too much and but then whenever I hear Rifty mentioned I always hear people people sort of talk of him as one of the the best UK top laners and someone that could like make the step step up to a, a higher level at some point but yeah, it's just it I don't know it seems like kind of random like I hear his name mentioned every now and then but then whenever I do it's just like nothing but praise so is that maybe is he someone that's maybe underrated that, that potentially could make like the nlc step up do you think or yeah what's it like being on a team with rifty so just to touch back on the demise thing we went from three and five in week four and we finished the split nine and five so we actually won six games uh, in a row blimey. but um with rifty yeah he's you ask anybody in the uk scene about rifty they'll, they'll tell you he's like he's one of the best top laners the uk has Super talented, knows like almost every matchup really well. Reliable carry, plays all different types of styles, um, and a great voice on the team as well. You know he's super dedicated to the win. You can feel the passion um, in game, out of game, everything like that. So playing with him in game is uh, you know it was a really valuable experience for me to get to to watch this player how he how he works, how he interacts with the team. Learned a lot from him. Um, yeah, being on the team with him is, is great. I would recommend it. If you can sign him, you know, well, Demise didn't do too good last bit with him there, but um, that that doesn't take away anything from his ability as a player. He's he's a really talented guy. Yeah. And, uh, and I would definitely say um, that people should take uh, Beely's opinions with players because I was uh, going through my old Gromp News interviews <laughs> when I was doing UK LC interviews and uh, I asked Beely a few questions when they were playing. He was with Enclave in 2019, which is quite mental that that's two years ago now. <laughs> like, and um, and he, he was facing uh, Diablos and I asked him who's the player which they should be uh, looking out for the most and he said the mid laner for Diablos, who was at that point uh, a guy called uh, for, for, I can never say his name. Why is it the person? I can... <laughs> right, the person at Singularity. He's the person at Team Singularity now. So uh, clearly, two years on from then, you know, Ferrari now been very good for Team Singularity. I feel like uh, mm -hmm. this split. So uh, 
Yeah. Everybody, just keep notes of these players, which Beely has been, <laughs> which Beely's saying now, because in two years' time, you never know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll see. Um, you did, you did also say that uh, he didn't do much in the last game against you, but you know, I left that part out. You said he was the best, but, like, but against me, he didn't do anything. <laughs> he's he's talented for sure. Yeah, maybe I was. I'm a confidence player, you know. Maybe I was trying to help <laughs> hype myself up for the next game. Um, cool. Going on from from uh, that demise team, then. Uh, obviously, the split after that was was the uh, the previous split that. Had, uh, that had just gone the spring split with um, with London. Obviously, your first split there. Um, now, this was a split of your your guys' team on paper looked looked obviously really good and really strong for the, the UK scene. Especially with like when I, and I think I said it when we had we had Mulgrew on fairly recently, and I said once I saw like Dem Voxney in the UKLC, I was like, I was just thinking like, what the hell is is he doing there? This roster is ridiculous. Um, the I suppose the unfortunate thing was that you had that resolve roster in the same league as well, which for the most part they were just like pure purely dominant and won every game and then obviously you had that mad final where at to that point they hadn't lost a game and then um, you took them to the full five matches so what was it like just being in that final did it did you kind of go in thinking that you could upset them and then or did that was it was it just you try your best and then once you realize you could actually you know you nicked the game then it's like okay maybe we could actually win it i think Everybody on London, other players especially, knew that we could take a game off of them. We were we were um, very, very hyped for the final, especially after the first game. We went into it with the mentality of, like, you know, they're not as good as everybody thinks they are. They've they've shown weakness. They, they're obviously really, really good. Mm. Um, they did but they have, have shown... Of, they had some really shaky games as well, though, in their, like, unbeaten run, I suppose, as well. Exactly, yeah, and I think we, as players, we were able to match ourselves up to our opponents and say, actually, you know, we're all of a similar skill level here. That the only thing that's different is is the is the team cohesion they had from the get go. They were very on the same page, and I think that was what propelled them forward. And then once they got that that snowball going, it was really hard to knock them off of their sort of throne in the UKLC. But after the first game, you know our mentalities switched a whole bunch we went from you know wanting to win a game really badly to wanting or like to to knowing we can beat these guys and mm-hmm. and i think honestly in the final we probably had like a massive mental edge on them in terms of how we were we were playing how we were thinking about the game and stuff like that um so yeah it was, it was super hype it was that's my favorite split so far by far yeah i can imagine because well, it it did kind of bring back memories of like the the xl fanatic final where xl were unbeaten i think in like 2020 spring i think so oh, when... yeah they were unbeaten in the entire yeah in the yeah, entire spring. unbeaten until the final and then once fanatic got a game off them it, it just kind of crumbled so it kind of felt like that like they hadn't at that point that five-man roster hadn't lost a game and it, it kind of looked like if they got a loss it could it could be like pretty disastrous so it was you know very entertaining to watch at least um then obviously coming second place still got you into Talia Masters though. Um and I feel like you guys got it was I I guess an unlucky group when you look at the fact I'm pretty sure the two teams that got through from your group were like the two final teams, right? So um yeah, it's like uh, we kind of asked this similarly to uh to Mole Group when he had him on uh, when we had him on. And it's kind of like you, you can obviously 
it still was in your hands. You could have maybe played better and, and gotten through. But does it, seeing that those two teams go through to the finals, that kind of put you at ease a bit to think that maybe it wasn't, you know, wasn't too much of an upset that you guys didn't make it through? Um, I think we, we definitely performed, we outperformed expectations, but I don't think we outperformed our own expectations because, you know, from a from an outsider's perspective, you see in like, oh, London are in this group of all these hard teams. They're doing pretty well. They're taking games off of them, but our level of play didn't step up from the UKLC final to what we were playing then, um, or not a whole bunch anyway. And there were times when, you know, some of the games we lost, for example, we were in very, very comfortable driving seats and we just made really small errors. And that's the problem when you play these teams that are better than you, just straight up better than you. Mistakes that you make doesn't matter how small if they if they recognize that it's a mistake and they punish it then the game swings um <clears throat> so you get you get away with a lot more playing lower teams and it's really hard to even spot habits that are bad um or that can be punished to the extent that they are punished so um it was tough it was tough i think that the toughest thing about it for the team was that the way we finished third on like the fourth tiebreaker rule or something stupid like that we we had the same score as them, and then they go to like to head to heads. And we had the same head to heads, and then they go to um, overall wins and losses. And we had this, we had a, a sim, we had the same like number of wins more than losses. So that, it went down to like head to head wins to losses or something like that. And it was just like, mm-hmm. can we just play like a tiebreaker, please? Like <laughs> it's one game, just just let us try and you know let us duke out instead of going down to all these weird rules. But yeah, because I think as well that was it was. <clears throat> Because obviously you look at the standings now, and and you did well, you were one off, but I think it was because it was already decided, like before the fifth game. I think it was, wasn't yeah. it? Because it was like because there was that massive thing where people were like, are London out? Because people were saying that they weren't, and people say that they were, and and I think yeah, there was a tweet, and it basically went through like everything that occurred to make it now impossible for for London to have actually gone in. So yeah, it was incredibly unlucky. But I do want to actually say like. How was it doing, like, the best of three? Yeah, obviously, you only got to play, like, five, like, teams. And it would, maybe would have been nice to have done, like, a double round robin. But actually playing, like, a best of three, how was it, kind of, the experience of being able to do that? I think we were very comfortable in a best of three scenario because, you know, not only does it replicate what scrims are, essentially, you know, you play, what, three games, sometimes a best of three. But we were a team that was very adaptable, to the situation like we one of the things we would say through the split was that like we're like uh like some anime team like goku you know you you beat us down if you if you win super hard against us game one then game two is going to be really hard for you because you've like shown your hand so when we got into that best of three scenario it was almost as if if we lost the first game the enemy team should start to get worried because like we're, we're able to to think on the fly so much quicker um, so I, I really enjoyed the best of three. Do you wish that that more leagues would do it? I know it's obviously like logistically, it's it's a I guess a bit more of a nightmare to for like uh, organizers to do. But would you actually prefer that for like a full split? Do you think? I think I definitely prefer something that that um, shows off a bit more of like team skill rather than because a lot. You know, as much as it is a meme, a lot can be decided in draft and best of ones. 
and a lot can be decided in the first five minutes and mm-hmm. you know there's there's nerves and this i don't think the best of one format necessarily shows you what team is the best team it just shows you what team comes into the game the strongest because once you get that foothold in the door then you know it's really difficult to lose i think mm-hmm. um i'd much prefer i would much prefer you know maybe even a best of two to make it a bit quicker for everybody and then even if it goes 1-1 then you know you know these teams are about even and you can do like a point system would probably be for the best in terms of competitiveness and overall improvement for the teams and the players um but yeah like you said it is a bit difficult logistically to to schedule that stuff so yeah because i think there's always been i think a mentality where it's like uh the regular season doesn't mean anything it, apart from making the playoffs, which then is played in, in a best of three and a best of five format. So it's like, you know, that's why whenever, you know, people look at even, a, you know, a team like Fnatic, for example, they finish like fifth in uh, the regular season. Like Fnatic had never been, not all the time, have been like a top like two, even in regular season. It's just because they know that once they're in, they they then will then turn on to actually doing the best of format which actually then is more of a beneficial and does show technical skill so it is very much i think like i i never take um you could take like performances yeah but i never take it as okay just because a team has finished like third in the in the regular season doesn't mean that they will automatically be third in playoffs because there are different kind of outlooks to going towards that Mm -hmm. and that's why we see like the main thing i can think of is in the tower format uh and it was feeling because when uh, whenever Phelan made it into knockouts, they start. They actually became like the third and second best team in the entire uh, tournament. It's just they needed to get it into actually knockouts to then <laughs> perform at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was like the pad special, wasn't it? The gauntlet or something? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, obviously, we couldn't have you on then as well, I guess, without talking about the title format, especially now we're on the, the topic of, of best ofs and whatnot. What, what were your thoughts on it, I suppose? As a, as a player, I suppose, maybe not the greatest it usually when we ask people they usually don't have the the best outlook on it yeah i think it was it was a format that was exclusively to benefit viewers is the way it was marketed you know you got these big names and you got fanatic and xl in your league you're like, whoa how can we get them to play every single week let's do a tower for like i don't even know what they were sort of smoking when they came up with that idea <laughs> it, it even worked be. though because diablos <laughs> won it yeah <laughs> Plus, exactly. like I don't know if you have those games, it gets to a point where it's like boring to see those games. I yeah, I almost exactly. preferred it like the with like the NLC where you put them in separate groups and then when they actually play each other, it makes it actually a much much more exciting because you, especially when they never play for basically the whole split and there's no yeah. way of telling which one's stronger until they're basically against each other in the final instead of exactly. like just try and force them against each other every single week and it's like oh well I guess they're they're playing each other again I guess. Yeah, Fnatic might win it this time, or yeah, I it guess it was lucky really that Diabolus were like kind of over, well, not overperformed, but were like much better than everyone expected, and mm. and ended up winning that. Um, well, from definitely... a schedule standpoint, it was just terrible as well because yeah. it basically like that it came out that there was like some teams who never got to face like one of the academy teams just because of the way that the scheduling worked out. Because I think what was meant to happen, I think, was it was meant to be it was going to be. Fnatic and BTXL face each other in the final every single week. And then I think if that happened, I think everybody then would have 
played each other with the way that the scheduling was working. But because mm-hmm. teams like Eminem and teams like Diablo started like winning games and, and, and upsetting like an academy team here and there, it basically like threw the entire schedule where it's actually like, well, that week uh, a, t- uh, a team would have been facing an academy team, then ended up playing Eminem or Diablo, and then mm-hmm. the academy team went to the other side. And so, like, it, it's very much, I feel sorry for the person who had to kind of do all the logistics type of thing. Yeah. Be well, like, right, this is perfect. And then it just messed up in like the first week. Yeah. I feel like if there's ever any any discussion of bringing one back, the, the perfect advert against the towel format would be the one, I think it was like right before the final week where they would try and draw out the bracket on stream. And because they tried to put in some rules so that you couldn't like play against the same teams like five times, that it took like 15 minutes to just draw like an eight-team table because they were drawing teams out and then they were trying to work out, oh, actually, no, they played against each other three times. We can't do it. And it just went on and on and on. Yeah. I think also the format like was really detrimental to to the lower teams in the league as well. I think like, so for example, on Darkspawn, I think it was like eight, eight weeks of games or something like that. and yeah we drew an academy team 50% of the time. So for f- for at least four weeks of practice, we got in there. Obviously, it would be a massive upset, probably like 5% chance of us winning. So we did, didn't get to participate in the league at all for, for 50% of the league. And we would go, and it felt so bad to put in, you know, a week of practice, work on all this stuff, and then, oh, actually, you're against Fnatic this week. And it's like, okay, well back to the drawing board and then we draw them again and it's like okay well you know <laughs> i want to play league of legends too that's why i'm here do you know what i mean yeah. and the same the same thing happened on enclave as well i think on enclave we had like mm-hmm. we drew an academy team three or four times so my personal experience not great didn't get many wins in either of those splits i think on dark spawn we got one actually um against a non-academy team and and I think yeah, momentum-wise, it kills it, doesn't it? Because yeah. like you said, if, you, if you've been training for a week, then just get an academy team, play one game. Because you could play in that, either, I think, it between like four games or one game. You know? mm-hmm. So it, you, there's no like set amount. So if you'd like just lost it next week, you play an academy team, you've lost it. It's hard to keep motivated to be like, right, okay, you know, let's, let's try and go through, especially if it is like, you know, you're going to face an academy team or something like that. Exactly. And the practice you get from... Like you can play as many scrims as you like, but as soon as you step onto that stage, that practice is probably worth like four, five, six hours of of scrims because it is a different ballpark. Like if you watched us in scrims, some of the stuff we're going for, we're never ever ever gonna try that on stage if we're not comfortable. And you know, so you do learn. Oh, I can do this. You know, this does work. But then you get onto stage and everybody plays safer, and suddenly nobody's you know making these mistakes because everybody's super focused and it's like okay well what do we do to to win this game that is just a more calm version of what we've been playing and when you go into a game and you just get absolutely rocked by an academy team two weeks in a row you, you start to think like because they expose all of your weaknesses and you're like damn like we're just where do we start there's too much but then if we actually play the lower teams you can be like oh actually you know these are our weakest points because if a lower team can exploit them then that's where we got the most to improve on we build on that and then that's how the whole that's why you see teams throughout the split improve it's not because they've had more and more and more scrims obviously that's a factor it's because 
they've had more and more competitive games where they've been exploited for small things that they've done and then they work on them in scrims it's not the other way around if that makes sense mm-hmm. yeah it's, exactly it's like you know uh you you would lose a game against like a, a you know playoff contender for like london now for example and then you would beat maybe a team below that and you're like okay well how did we beat that team um and how did we lose then to the other team and you would use both of those games together to kind of find out what your biggest weaknesses would be. You know, well, if you're exactly. just facing one team, losing, you're like, we well, have nothing to compare it to until next week and anything can change in, in the space of a week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. Well, it was a, I suppose the town was a fun experiment, but um, glad it's long gone then, I guess. Um, now, Forge of Champions, though, is a, <laughs> I like, I do like yeah. a tower format, but it's like a special kind of attraction thing, but not a regular thing i do think a tower format can work it's just more like like i like um like what they do now with the nlc open i quite like that idea i thought that was really yeah, more good. just like a cup really than you know, like a one-off yeah. thing rather than making it just this weird like weekly cup which is obviously a bit odd um what how did you end up then i just looking at at the nlc full open it's obviously the one that we've had so far um so were you coaching with with enclave that at that point i think you guys were in the qualifier for it how did that come about because i don't think you from what i could tell you'd coached before was that just something you just thought you'd give it a go yeah it was definitely something um i've been interested in so i i do um really love the theory side of of league of legends and like dissecting stuff and i, I i'm pretty good at spotting you know sort of mistakes and, and building on that and teaching is something that i do have a passion for as well um so coaching just sort of makes sense to me and I thought I'd give it a try um because I had the opportunity I was approached and and you know I wasn't playing that much at the time so I didn't really have that that like drive to actually compete in a team so I appro- they approached me and, and we spoke and I had an opportunity to coach there it didn't really pan out I think we actually only played a few scrims because there was like commitment um problems with with the players they also played for another team in a different league so they didn't they weren't available and it just fell apart so i wouldn't even really consider it coaching experience i'm just a name on that roster sheet at Mm -hmm. at this point because we didn't do much at all something you'd maybe try again then at another point or or would you sort of still focus on playing mainly for now i think um i at the minute i really enjoy competing still um i have the time to do it as well which was a, a major factor before i was um i didn't really have the time or the space to practice play solo queue i think i stopped playing league for about six months in total before i joined demise no yeah demise so up until i saw when i signed for demise actually um i signed as a sub and actually until about two weeks prior to signing i hadn't played league in about four months like I played the odd ARAM here and there, but I actually just wasn't involved in League of Legends at all. Um, again, due to my personal life. But once I got back into it and and um, started to enjoy it again, that's when I wanted to compete again instead of being a coach. So for now, definitely more focused on actually playing um, and and winning rather than coaching. But it's something that I'm open to in the future. Fair enough. Um, kind of talking about this split then. Uh, obviously, you, you stuck with London. Um, and I'm pretty sure... Oh, yeah, it's just, just Yeppe Howe, isn't it? The support is the only one that's that stayed. So what was the the transition like to this bit then, um, especially with the roster? So what, did you have any, any part in the decision-making there, being as you were one of the, the pieces that stayed? 
Um, I definitely did have, yeah, de- definitely did get a say on, you know, who we signed, and um, it was very, it was a much more intimate experience in terms of, you know, trials. They they knew they wanted to keep me, so when when they were doing trials and when I was in was filling in some of those trials, they we had a bit more longer of a discussion about, you know, who looked good, who didn't look good, who we liked playing with and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, so it was, it was much more, I had much more of an impact on the roster decisions of this, but then I did any other team 100%. Mm-hmm. And then um, this one, I think is similar to last split really, once it got announced, you know, was a decent bit of buzz about it as well. Um, and I think, yeah, when, when we had Mulgrew on recently, he, he kind of said now that, so now that resolve's gone, it's the spot is there for London to be the top team, basically. Um, which I imagine was, I mean, was I, the expectation. I don't want to take words out of his mouth, but I I think he did say free. I think. Now <laughs> free. I don't think I don't think it's t- I don't I, I might I might be wrong with that and I, I will definitely check that in, in the in the tapes prior. But uh yeah, how 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 was your perception going in and actually Given the way that kind of results have gone, is do you, is this a lot harder than I think a lot of people expected this league to be? Because I think there was this massive thing where people kind of hyped up Resolve and 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 you guys in London at that point, and then since Resolve kind of left, there was this kind of worry that was the level gonna kind of drop. But it seems that Eminem have kind of come in and you know and took the league quite well. So, what was your kind of thoughts going in, and do you think it's actually a lot harder now than than well now you've actually played some games in the league um i wouldn't say it's harder i mean if you if you if you watch back at the teams i've been on in in this league the past couple of splits you will notice a trend where like the first couple of weeks is a shake-up you'll see a lot of teams come into it with you know there's so many new names and then when you put five different players together it's a different team you don't really know the meta's changed as well. Like everybody's mm-hmm. trying to find their feet at the start, so I wouldn't take, I wouldn't take results at the start of the split to to indicate anything other than, you know, people might not be as strong as you might think they are straight out of the gate. Like London, I know there would be higher expectations of us. Me and Yepe got that experience together. Um, we were a good team last split, so maybe we should have been doing better right out of the gate. But in terms of you know skill level or like power level of the league. There are definitely some people that look really strong right now. There's some players that look absolutely insane, like um, Yopper on Eminem is a menace. He's, you know, I think everybody's realized now that this guy is, is a really good player. Same on Resolve. Resolve have some really good players, like Otter in the mid lane has been popping off. Um, but with that being said, you know, both of those teams have dropped games. They're not, they're not on some crazy different level. And I think the difficult thing about a league like this and about league in general is staying at the top is harder than anything else because everybody below you is learning from you and you have to learn from yourself and improve internally where you know if if Eminem smack a team that team can look and they've got hours and hours of content for for them to improve on for them to get better at the next time they play Eminem, they're not going to make the same mistakes against them as they did before. But Eminem have got to learn to play or to exploit even smaller mistakes or force more errors, which is, is going to be hard for them, right? Um, but with that being said, I think over the next two, three weeks, we're, we're going to see some separation. We're already seeing a little bit, but we're going to see 
a, a bigger separation in the league and and hopefully that will look like London being at the top. Mm-hmm. I really don't want to drop another game, so you know. Well, as, yep, I, guess, I, I guess it must be like beneficial as well, considering that while Eminem at the top, you are the team who have beat Eminem. You know, so you were you were that one team. So I'm guessing that that kind of does help a little bit, and uh, maybe even seeing like Resolve Academy. Uh, give Lucent their first win of the split as well. Like those kind of signs, you know, while results for you guys haven't been like as good as what you're, you were wanting right now initially, like seeing kind of results like that must help a little bit as well. Yeah, I think it just it just sort of gives us um, a bit of a mental edge because we, we are confident in ourselves. And like you said, the top team dropping games to the bottom team and you just like, None of these, none of these wins or losses right now matters. All, the, all the only thing that matters about it is getting a point on the board so that you're closer to playoffs, right? It doesn't actually. Nobody's going into the mentality like, oh, Eminem are like really hard. It's going to be a tough game. None of us on the team are thinking about that. We we're giving all the teams the respect they deserve, but we're not going to give Eminem any more respect than we would Lucendi. Like any any team can can be a winner. It's about who shows up on the day, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, you said a second ago as well that you'd see it. You'd expect it to open up a bit more, like the the table, I suppose, um, in the next few weeks. What makes you think that, rather than perhaps having like one of the, another like crazy close split? Is there like something particular that makes you think that that it's not going to be quite as close? Because, like you said, it maybe could be tricky to gauge exactly how good everyone is straight away. I think teams are so when you when you go into the split with the new rosters and stuff like that, it's difficult to see. It's difficult to predict. Or it's impossible to predict what they're going to be playing, how they're going to be playing, you know, what their weaknesses are and stuff like that. But I think three three weeks of games into it now, or like two two and a bit because of the weird mm-hmm. four games in a week or whatever, um, you're starting to to notice some some strengths first of all that you can shore yourself up about, and then also the weaknesses become super obvious as well. Um, so I think with that being said, it's going to sort of good teams right now, you know, every te- you can make an argument that every team is good and every team is bad, but maybe a bar and a few, but, um, what you won't be able to do is in a few weeks, once, once we've got this, con- we've got six games now, every team has six games, their enemy has played. If they can't win after having that much information on the enemy, then that's where the separation is between like good players, good coaching, good scouting and bad player well not bad but like less experience mm-hmm. maybe not not as not got the same skill in terms of adaptability outside of the game i think that's where the separation is going to come so essentially the good teams are going to be able to capitalize on on what they've seen and improve on what they're weak at the bad teams are going to stay probably about the same they're not going to get worse but they're going to look worse because everybody else is improving mm-hmm and I think it's interesting because uh, if you all you need to do is is go on to to Leagueopedia and basically look at the like the form kind of table and that and I think that kind of really shows that you got M M&M and M who's on four wins so they're obviously the team which have kind of established themselves and kind of got the ball rolling but everybody else it's like two wins one loss two wins one loss loss one loss so it's like it is it's very much going to be which team could kind of. Get, take that momentum and continue with it now and it, it is going to be the most consistent team out of like probably the remaining like three because i don't think at this point eminem well it's, it's going to be hard for eminem to like completely collapse i think give especially given their form but it could happen but like it is very much yeah who's going to kind of remain consistent for the remaining games because i believe it's is it 14 games i think this regular se- this season isn't it 
because everybody's playing twice i think yeah so. yeah so yeah so you've got there uh you're just about to go halfway so really you should expect now some teams to hopefully gain a bit of momentum but um personally as a viewer I kind of like it like this because, you know, it, you know but uh, um, it must be as a player, like you, you probably don't want another situation where it's like, right, if we lose this game, even though we're second, we could be out of playoffs. I don't think any player would ever want that, even, especially if it's like the last couple days or stuff like that. Yeah, you definitely want to start seeing yourself above uh, the rest of the, the competition, essentially. But um, it does add a, a level to excitement. It adds some stakes to the games, you know, it gets your adrenaline pumping and especially if you win you'll see like you'll you'll just feel it'll it'll feel better right if there's higher stakes but yeah i wouldn't say you know eminem are on a four game win streak but they have you know team i've seen teams start stronger and finish worse and stuff like that so um i'm not too intimidated by that it just you know they've got a really strong point they've got the benefit of a really strong point in their team where they can play through and and if they're playing consistently through Yoppa like they have been then they're not going to be forced to adapt until teams start to to realize you know wait hold on if we don't give this guy a lead what's the rest of the team going to do start start putting some pressure on the other players that are on that team and i don't think that's happened yet yoppa has been you know no, I don't. Well, personally, I didn't expect it. I heard that he's a really good player. I think I trialed with him. He was really good, but the performances he's had, he's put he's putting them on his back, right? And that isn't something that you can consistently do. So, um, yeah, I don't think consistently. For you. Wait, I shouldn't read the chat. Sorry. <laughs> um, maybe like jumping the gun a little bit, but even looking towards Talia Master this time around, um, if if you guys are um, to make it through um how would you rate your guys chances compared to like some of the other teams we've seen like in in the other leagues at the moment obviously i suppose absolved being like the the main one that uh, at least on paper looks like one of the stronger teams um in the danish league so we yeah, had this last split though and yeah true i was just gonna say, say that, that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um but yeah what are your thoughts on on tilia master's chances or is that something you've not even thought about just yet I think it's something that um, I think the UKLC in general will struggle a little bit or have to put in a much more effort this split than they did last. But I think, well, for ourselves anyway, we had the benefit of having Resolve in our league. So, you know, while we could see a team like Resolve, you know, Eminem, I could be wrong. Eminem could absolutely smurf it for us, but not drop a single game, be really strong, improve everywhere. That'll be a benefit for the UKLC because then other teams will be able to get up to their level and we'll look stronger at an international stage. At the minute, I don't think we look very strong at all. Um, I think that a lot of teams, including ourselves, have to improve a whole bunch and have to really shore up our play because we don't have, you know, these teams, these other leagues, they do have some really, really crazy teams in them and they're only going to learn off of each other, right? We've got each other to learn off. So I think everybody. If if everybody in UKLC steps up and it is a really close split, mm-hmm. we'll have a better chance in Talia than if we see like two people dominate the league and then go to Talia. To be honest, mm-hmm. and I personally don't like to be like the bearer of bad news, but I do th- that actually. While if we look at the NLC, like Dusty and Godsend are aren't looking great, um, I do think that they still look stronger than what the sides were in the last NLC split, which means that it will be, I think, a little bit harder to qualify. Um, I mean, Dusty always seems to just 
somehow <laughs> stay in this league in the NLC. But uh, I, I think that Godsend actually could be like still a little bit of a better side. Uh, so it, I think it's going to be difficult personally. But obviously, only time will tell. Like Dusty and if Dusty and Godsend don't win a single other game, this entire thing, and maybe my 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 opinion would change. But yeah, mm-hmm. fair enough. Um, let's maybe go on to a, a few predictions then. Now that we've talked about how unpredictable the league could be for the next couple of weeks, um, yeah, maybe just for the the next two days of games, which technically isn't over one week because of the weird scheduling, but. Um, yeah, as we go through, we can maybe give some thoughts on, on some of the teams as well. Um, starting with Eminem against Enclave. Obviously, Enclave, your old team. Um, I suppose this one is maybe one of the ones that is a, you'd imagine a bit easier to predict, given that Eminem started pretty strong. Um, I've gone for Eminem, but yeah, is there a world that we see that the Enclave could upset that? I I don't think so. I think Eminem are proactive. Um, I think they have some really really strong points like i mentioned i think enclave are a more reactive team i think they've got like consistent players across the board but they're consistently reacting to stuff they're not they're not doing the the problem is with at the start of the league i think reactivity is probably the safest way to go like you let the teams make their mistakes you punish them for it and then all of a sudden you're in a winning position and and the team that are being proactive they're, they're going to continue to be proactive but They've got lesser margins to play by. But as the team, as the players go on, you know, one of the things you can consistently improve is your proactivity. Reacting is a harder thing to actually to actually keep up to, to scratch. Um, so a team like Enclave, I think they're going to start to struggle a lot more as the split goes on. And I don't think they are as good as Eminem right now. Um, so I think Eminem have that one in the bag 100%. What do you reckon yeah. we go for? Yeah, no, I, I think that right now it's it's going to be one of those things where I think it's going to be hard to bet not on M&M yeah. because right now they are the they are the team in form and maybe, you know, when they, you know, look like, you know, when they, when they lose a game, maybe then my opinion on them will go. But when a team's on a hot streak, it's always hard to, not, you know, to kind of predict against them, I feel. Mm-hmm, definitely. Um, after that, then, is yourselves against Bulldog. Uh, both three and three, so, you know, purely based on the score lines, could be a close one. Um, and to be fair, <laughs> no, shaking your head. To be fair, I was, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of pleased to see Bulldog, like, not doing too bad. Obviously, they've they've not had a great time in the UKLC recently. Um, I think a bit lucky, maybe, to, to be in there at the moment. But, um, obviously, three and three at the moment, which is, yeah, like we say, better than... Well, what they've done recently, so please for them. But yeah, you don't not not imagining a chance that they could beat you. There's definitely a chance they can beat us. You know, I'm not going to say we're going to come out and just absolutely destroy them. Like you said, though, Bulldogs. I think one Bulldogs are one of the sweetheart orgs of the UK LC. I think nobody has anything bad to say about them. Everybody was happy when they when they went through. Even even some of the teams they beat to get there were like happy that they gone through. Uh, so I haven't got anything bad to say about the org. I want to see the org do well. Obviously, not for the next few days, maybe. But um, yeah, I think I think we, I think they just don't match up to us individually. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they they have good players, but I don't think that if if we're playing, if we're on our game, you know, we're playing well, and they're playing well, we're gonna win one hundred percent of the time. But like I said, there's always that room for upsets and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. 
That's understandable. Um, I'll give it to you guys as well, especially since you're here. It might be a bit awkward if I go the other way. But um, yeah, what do you reckon, Tom? Uh, I'll, I'll, I'm going to go for Bulldogs because, I mean, I'm sorry, Bealy, but they, they are UKEL and we are hosted by the, you know, they're, they're UKEL at heart. But no, I, I think that I, I kind of just hope that it'll be a really close game, but mm. I am going to go to Bulldogs just because it's nice when one of the hosts goes against, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> but no, I, you know what? And I think the sentiment is, is that I don't think, may, obviously Bulldogs, I think would, would expect to be, you know, in the position which they're in, but I don't think a lot of people expected them to be three and three at this point and i mm-hmm. think that is 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 really good and and i don't think it's three and three just because of like lucky games or anything i think they they've earned kind of a good scoreline to be in this kind of contention still and so yeah. i would like that to continue personally because I, I like i think like a lot of people there's hardly anything bad which has ever been said about bulldogs since i've ever started like even seeing the uk scene so it is nice to see kind of like an one of the the old guard in the uk scene really kind of yeah continue and develop and actually push on and, and look to be improving as well mm-hmm. definitely um after that then is uh envision against resolve academy and i suppose with envision it's a bit of a funny one because they were a team that had been i think like pretty consistently had put in uh, put up like decent rosters. Obviously, they had like the the Prosfair one, which was like you know mainly pr- pretty much built by Prosfair. Um, but even before that, had 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 some decent success and after it as well. But then like maybe the last couple of splits, it's maybe been slipping up a little bit. Obviously, there's not been that many games this like this split so far. Like technically, they're in relegations right now, but in two wins, they could be second place. So it's maybe not all doom and gloom. Um, but yeah, what what are your thoughts on Envision at least and how they've started? Um, I think Envision, uh, they they had a really strong split. I think it was two splits ago. They had a like a really strong split. They had some great players. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Sorry, they had um, uh, who was that younger? He's gone. Alex, Alex, Alex Kylin or something like that. He's yeah, gone. Was, I think it was like Alex with like was it like three X's? I think is. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. he's an insane. He's like smurfing all over wherever he's going. I think he smurfed really hard at EU Masters as well. Um, so he was a big factor in their success, and I think they didn't, you know, the org. I mean, if you can, if an org has a, a mental, no, if an org has a mental, like players have mental, then it, they definitely got rocked last split. So I do want to see them bounce back. Um, they are struggling at the minute. They, they played well against us. You know, they were in a pretty good position coming into the mid game against us last week because we did just play. Um, so a few, a few mistakes that that they made were punished pretty hard by ourselves. But, you know, that's London. We're just too good, I guess. But <laughs> I think it will be closer than people think, especially with Resolve dropping games recently to, you know, if Resolve can, I mean, no flame to lose any, but with how they've been playing, if Resolve can lose to them, they can definitely lose to Envision. But I would expect Resolve to, or I would hope Resolve to bounce back and come back stronger. Um, I think they've got some really talented players, so mm-hmm. I would give it to Resolve. Uh, I'm gonna go for for Envision because I think um, it all depends on how Resolve's mental is gonna be um, in this game because yeah they lost the Eminem game and then they lost and they lost the bottom as well that you know they've lost two games in a row now they were undefeated and you you, you by the the stats you lost to the best team and the worst team so that's quite quite difficult to kind of 
you know, uh, see where they are from that standpoint. Now, this does mean that maybe at Envision, they could be like, unfortunately, the the people who get the backlash of that and it could motivate them and, and get to be mm. a better team. Because I do think that Resolve Academy is like a really good team. But on the other point, I don't think this Envision squad is as bad as what like the other scoreline is. And I think maybe, it, like you said, like two and four isn't actually like the worst scoreline it's just because i think because it's been close everywhere else as well like you know like i said they're gonna win the third the tight you know they could tie up and that with everybody and stuff so mm. i and i actually think that this envision side is is better than than some of the other teams actually above them it's just i don't think it's clicked for them as yet as much with the others and i do think like Beely was kind of saying previously when it's sometimes you get just so many players together, it is just kind of luck if these players can just mesh straight away mm -hmm. and get results and, and kind of build off that. So I expect Envision to be a lot better. And uh, I think that, yeah, why not? Let's let's predict Envision to win because uh, I, I just, I like I said, I think Envision are better. And yeah, I don't really know where Resolve's head at right now considering mm -hmm. they lost two you know, quite important games, really. Mm -hmm. I was going to go Resolve actually and then, I think you've kind of convinced me actually with that, Tom. Especially like you say, with yeah, resolve the heads might have dropped a bit. It's if, you know as good a chance as ever for uh, for Envision to take the win. So I'm going to go Envision as well. Um, the game after that then is Lucent against Viperio. I would also say though, Lee, yeah. um, that uh, these points and predictions don't count to my NLC prediction. So uh, you <laughs> know our point system like is only NLC purely. So maybe maybe I'm just not as good as predicting you. <laughs> well, you can take more risks, I suppose. <laughs> but Megalodontus had a good week last week as our guest predictor, Tom. He's only one point behind you now. He proper rocked, so, mate. Um, he did. <laughs> yeah, we'll see how that goes. Um, yeah, next one is, is Lucent against Viperio. Obviously, we said Lucent just got uh, got their first win, but generally have started pretty poorly. Um, Viperio, I was actually pretty impressed with, given that they obviously they got given a spot quite late on. And you imagine, it for the most part, probably had built the roster for the UKEL. So for them to be 3-3, uh, three and three, I think it's pretty impressive. Um, I, I'd probably give it to them over Lucent as a result of that. Um, yeah, what are our thoughts on that one? I'm also going to go for Vipero as well. I think that, um, again, maybe it is just a bit of UKEL, like, your bias. Well, I, I don't know. I don't think it's anything to do with that, actually. I just think that, actually, Vipero have looked a bit shaky, I think, in like in, in like recently, but I don't think it's, it's... I don't think it's too bad. And maybe it is hypocritical that I'm like, oh... You know, you you've talked about Resort Academy losing two games in a row, and you know it might have mental boom for them. But then Vipero, who's also lost two games in a <laughs> row, you're saying they're going to win against the team which just beat Resolve Academy. But you know that's how league goes. You know sometimes it, you don't know. And I mm -hmm. did say that yeah, uh, that I don't really know how it's going to go. But I do think Vipero. I, I've actually I actually have been impressed with them. And like you said, you're know, given the circumstances. And um, but. Lucent just won. Maybe this is the this is the the kind of the catalyst which mm -hmm. you know pushes them on and does better. Could well be. I think I think it is like one of the harder or it is without a doubt the hardest one to predict oh. because you know not only are they close in standards but they are two pretty new teams. I think their players are all of a similar sort of um, skill level as of right now as well as their play, oh. but. I think I'm going to have to give it to Lucent just because they're coming off of a win against Resolve. I mean, if you can't take that if you can't take that mental <laughs> edge and turn it into more wins, mm -hmm. it's not going to be a good split for you. Um so, you know, hopefully they're able to to use that momentum well yeah. 
and, and start a little run for themselves and get themselves back up in contestion for playoffs. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. Um, going on to the next day then, which is technically the week, like the next week of games. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, we'll do this next day as well. Uh, and that starts with you guys actually up against Resolve. I'm going to give it Resolve for this one. Uh, firstly, because like you said, Tom, it's maybe a bit more fun if someone goes against <laughs> the guest. But um, as well, if we say like Resolve, I've, I've got Envision to beat them now. And then that would have been at that point, three losses in a row. They've got us to sort of butt their ideas at that point and and come out swinging against you guys. So yeah, I'll give it I'll give it resolve against London. But then Billy, maybe tell us why you think you'll win then. Um, if you do I think, think they're shaking. <laughs> yeah, I, I do think we'll win. <laughs> I think the first we played them the first game of the split, like on the first day, first game of the split, and I think they had a really strong grip on the meta before us. So they were playing, you know, they played Lee Sin mid and th these these picks. That we weren't really even practicing too much then. I think since then, we've we've adapted quite quickly, and we're 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 expecting it to an extent. Um, I don't think they've shown anything new since then as well. I think they came out strong, and then they stayed strong, and then teams caught up, and now you're seeing them drop games against some of the lower teams. Um, if they lose to Envision, 100%, they're going to lose to us. They don't seem like a team. They're, they're quite new players, you know. They they are talented. They've got good players, but it takes it takes a lot to come back mentally. And I I think if you're if you're dropping games to the bottom team of the league that hasn't beat anyone yet, it's like a precursor for for some issues that that might be underlying there. Um, with that being said, you know they could turn it around. They could beat Envision. They could show us something new. I hope they do show us something new. But I do think that we're going to beat them. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go London as well. Um, I think, um, yeah, very much because I've put them lose to Envision. I think it will be very, uh, yeah, it's going to be, it could be, I'm predicting quite a bad time for Resolve Academy right now. And I and I just think that, you know, it, it is kind of just a situation of how they react to that loss. Um, and then also subsequent, because if they, like you said, they perform really well against Envision, maybe this was their moment when they took that loss to be like, right, we do need to change something up. We do need to adapt. We do need to do something different kind of things. And so that could actually in the turn benefit them, beat Envision and, you know, and potentially beat you guys as well. But I am going to say London. Uh, I, yeah, I think that it's it's looking, yeah, it's going to look very tasty. And that and that's why I predicted. I wanted, I wanted a, a tasty uh, league table. That's what I'm going for. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Uh, after that, then we've got Eminem against Bulldog. Um I suppose that one maybe could be a bit of a close one. They're not too far apart in in terms of wins, but then I don't. Know, I guess Eminem is like the obvious the obvious pick for that one, seeing as that they are on top at the moment. Is there anyone that would go against Eminem? No, <laughs> didn't didn't think so. We can. I'm actually gonna go against them. Yeah, I think that, like I said, their their strength right now is that they have like such an outstanding player. They could pick. You know, they, they don't necessarily have to play meta because they can play through Yoppa. Um, they obviously have strengths elsewhere, but it's going to be on them to adapt and actually show that. Whereas Bulldogs, you know, they're, they, they're an all-rounder. I can't see any definitive style for them. They're going to have four weeks of Eminem games to go through. Um, I think they're going to be well-prepared for what Eminem throw at them. And I think that that preparation that they can do is really valuable. Whereas Bulldogs are going to, I mean, Eminem are going to have to look at Bulldogs and say, you know, 
okay, Bulldogs do this, this, this well. They do they do this badly, but they haven't got any defining style, so it makes it harder to to do specific prep. So I think Bulldogs might be able to edge out the win there. I think we'll it's see. very interesting because I think that Bulldogs, given kind of how they've kind of come into to, to this uh, competition, this split, I think they've, they're very much considered like this wildcard team, I think it seems now, where people kind of don't know where exactly they're going to go because of the performances that they've had. And so I could easily see them, you know, go doing really well or alternatively going back down lower into the table so I, I think it's very interesting it's very good to have a side like that which you kind of didn't expect to kind of be in this position and just wondering where they're gonna go mm -hmm. uh, next up after that then we've got um lucent against enclave and lucent not lucendi which i think i said last time which i've been corrected in the chat um so yeah lucent against enclave uh it's another one actually similar to that last game where there is a couple of wins different between them at the moment uh, so it is one that has a bit of a bigger gap than the rest. Uh, that's obviously in um, in Enclave's favour. Lucent, though, maybe could be on a high after beating Resolve. Is there a chance that they could maybe carry that over? I think, um, like I said earlier, I, I get the vibe from Enclave that they're like they're they're happy to like sit there, farm, see what happens, and then react to it. And I think Lucent are a team that that aren't necessarily happy doing that. So they are a team that are proactive. Um, it's easier to improve if you're proactive. I think Lucent, again, riding the high as well. I think it's going to be, a, I think it'll be a stomp either way. I think it's either going to go really good for Lucent or really bad for them. Um, but, you know, glass half full, I'm going to go with Lucent. Yeah, I think this is going to be a game based on mistakes. Um, I think it's just going to be a team which makes who makes the most mistakes, whether it be Lucent doing this uh, aggressive style and that costs them. Because I think, like you said, that both teams do kind of have this different way that they're playing the game right now. So, you know, if, if Enclave make a mistake in terms of being too passive, Lucent make a mistake in terms of being, you know, a bit too proactive, I think it could cost either of them. Um, I am going to edge it towards Enclave um, because I've, and this is personally me, I've always kind of, while I don't think it works in terms of playoffs, because I think you do need to be proactive in playoffs to, to kind of learn a lot more and stuff like that. I do think when it comes to like league play in terms of like tournament and facing each other, um, I think that sometimes the the slow and steady way does work quite a lot, especially when there isn't like a massive skill gap between the two teams, mm. which I don't think there is. So that's why I'm going for Enclave right now, because I think that there's less chance of Enclave making more mistakes. And that's not saying that both teams are bad. I think it, it is just the case of how these styles of play are going to react. But I love seeing games where you do have a team which likes to play a little bit slower, a little bit more calm. And then you have a, like this proactive team because it really does show two styles because we don't get that all the time in League of Legends. And so mm -hmm. it's actually a game that I'm really looking forward to seeing. Yeah, definitely. I'd give it Enclave as well. Um, but yeah, it makes sense like what you're saying, Tom, as well. And I, I suppose it could be... Um, maybe it could depend on draft and things like that as well. If, if like you're saying, Beely, that Enclave would prefer to sort of farm it out, if they end up giving Lucent just like a mad like early game draft, then Lucent maybe being more proactive could come out and just and just stomp them quite easily. So yeah, it'd be definitely an interesting one. Um, the last game then after that is Envision against Viperio. Um, like we said, Envision maybe not started too strongly, but obviously they're, they're still only a one win behind Viperio at that point. Um, I'll maybe do a, a bit of the UK EL bias as well and go for Viperio on this one. But I, yeah, it's, it, 
I think maybe a, tr a tough one, though. I believe in Envision. I'm going Envision. Like, 2-0. Or not 2-0. It'll technically be... Like, yeah, cause it's weird. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> I was like, 2-0 from this prediction. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what do you reckon? Yeah, be? I'm going to go with Envision as well, yeah. I think that they... You know, they're, they're good. Um, the only thing they need to fix is... Well, from what I can see, is shoring up the, the end of their games and... and getting on the same page but i think that's something that they could easily turn around and look really good at in a week's time so i'm gonna go with envision and then just just quickly though i know obviously we're not we're not going to talk about like, the other two games in week four but i do just want to say like how is it kind of knowing that you're going to be facing resolve academy and then the next day you're going to be facing eminem do you prefer that or is it kind of like you would have rather have had like a, a you know a harder game and then an easier game or is it like it doesn't really matter uh, I think we'll see. I think we'll see. If we win tomorrow, um, we're going to have quite a bit of momentum behind us because scrims, you know, sc <laughs> scrims are a joke, right? You don't say doing well in scrims, blah, 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 blah. But we are doing well in scrims. If we're able to translate that and look strong on the rift, then it's going to be, it's going to look really good for us. And then, you know, momentum is huge in a league like this. If we're able to use that, beat, beat out resolve um which i think is very doable then it's going to be depending on how m&m's games go as well they, they they're going to have a lot of momentum too but it's going to be a, a hard fought game and i think that it's exciting it's exciting I'd, I'd prefer to have these two games right now and then be like okay well these are the two teams that are actually playing really well in the league get what we can from them hopefully beat them both and then we have the rest of the rest of the split to sort of focus on on just beating everybody else and doing the best we can and it's not like that looming thought of oh mm -hmm. we've got Eminem and they've got like a 10 game win streak now you know we mm -hmm. get them out of the way especially playing two teams that are so good in the league right now is going to be a huge learning curve for us too like we're we're going to have so much to, to learn from win or lose against these teams um so we're going to look strong after next week for sure definitely yeah it makes sense um kind of one one topic I wanted to talk about is obviously a bit unrelated to the UKLC, but something before we um, before we start to wrap up was obviously being hosted by the UKEL. See, there was a you know big bit of news um, around there this week. With, was uh, there? <laughs> there was, yeah, Tom. Um, <laughs> with obviously Nerd Rage losing their spot um, with the whole drama of the um, of like this the player that was given a Smurf account and or like sent a Smurf account stuff like that. Um, now, obviously, you've, you're someone that had a, a, a bit of a drama last year as well, I think. That, not with Nerdrage, obviously. That was with Demise, with some contractual stuff at that point. So it's not still, you know, even though we're, like yourself, you've been in the, in the UK scene for probably the best part of like five years now. It's not still, you know, impossible that, it's, that stuff, some, sometimes dodgy and, but yeah, like drama still go on. Do you see that it's getting less at this point, though? Because I suppose it's good that, at least like with, with Nerdrage, you see that, is someone that when that was coming out that a lot of people kind of come out and said that they'd heard stuff as well so in their sense it's it may be a good thing that they're they're gone at least for the next year um the one with demise was one that was a, a bit more subject there were people kind of looking at it from both sides i think that one if anything was more of just a learning curve of just making sure that at least like contracts and things are are much clearer and stuff like that i suppose it's like a still a bit of a process like that one it, it's a was a waking call for all the orgs to make sure that the contracts are a bit better and 
Do you see that it's improving at least, even though there are still things that, that happen now and again? I think the the problem, or the problem up until now, in my opinion, is that there's a lot to go. There's a lot on the players back to make sure that they don't get scammed, rather than on the orgs to not scam somebody. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really unhealthy environment when the orgs have so much power, and the players, you know, do, there's you're always looking for new up and coming talent, so the players are always going to be. Um, there's always going to be a good portion of players that are young, inexperienced, and, and exploitable. So I think we need to shift the rhetoric onto the orgs and say, actually, you, you know, you're the responsible one here. You need to make sure that you're looking after the people that you sign, putting that time and, and effort into to, to making sure everything's right. Um, in terms of Nerd Rage, um, they're an org that have been involved multiple times in the past, so I don't feel sorry for them. I don't think the ruling was too harsh. They've done it before. They've had warnings. They've had they've put out tweets and statements saying that they're going to improve, and then they they go and do something that is like blatantly um, unsportsmanlike, hiding your player, hiding. You know, you, you're affecting the entire game there, especially when you you get somebody that is, you know, he's a great player, but he's also a great player on a Kali. Like he he's he's got this one champion that he's known for, and you're you're depriving that team of them. I think it's really it's just not good, and mm-hmm. hopefully a better role will take their place. In terms of um, the demise stuff, I think, yeah, I mean, the way they handled it, um, I, I mean, you say, like, it's down to, it was down to, like, a matter of opinion and stuff like that. Obviously, my opinion is slightly different. I see the people that came out and defended them, you know, people still getting paid by them. So how much... You know, you know what I mean. Like if you're if you're under that org still, you're not going to say, or it's harder for you to say. I think without going into that too much, because it's yeah. like you know, I'm not going to get a resolution out of that at this point. Um, the issue for me is that the um, the main one is you know, pe- so when I when that first happened, obviously I approached them. I said, you know, this is the case. This is what I was explicitly said. This is the screenshots I got. I have from your manager telling me this is what's going to happen. And um, when they didn't do it, I was I went to UKC. Eventually, I was like, okay, well, I want to I want to let people know about this because if I'm not going to get anything from it, I want it to at least mm-hmm. be out there. And mm-hmm. I messaged I messaged maybe five or six different people that were veterans in the scene or higher level management or you know they were involved heavily and they had a lot of experience and and all of them gave me the same sort of answer where it was like if you if you do speak out about this, you're risking your career. And I think that is the problem, right? So what we've seen with an rage is that one one person comes forward, it's much easier for everybody else to come forward, and then you get positive change. But while all these little things that are happening behind the scenes, and and everybody wants to progress, obviously, if they do speak out, then they put them they paint themselves as this sort of like this rogue or this ungrateful person, or you know, I don't know it, how well that how fresh the statements that demise put out about me are, but they. You know, they called me selfish and they said that I was trying to exploit their homegrown org and the money's coming out of their pockets, you know. And it's just all these statements really paint a person to be bad when at the end of the day, you know, I was told I was going to be paid. I haven't been paid for the last six games I played with them. It's not me exploiting your org, you know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you're a big org. You've got you've got teams in different areas. You've got different games. You've got multi-level management. I'm just I'm just a guy that just wants a little bit of money for putting in all the hours I put in, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, until people start to feel comfortable speaking about, out about their experiences, then we're not going to see too many changes. 
I don't think yeah. orgs are still going to get away with a lot. But that's just how the world works, unfortunately. I think as well, like the the more kind of these examples go, whether there's like massive repercussions or or even not, I think it's like the fact that these discussions are being more open because while everybody on the inside knows about how these is happening, if it's kept on the inside, nothing's going to change. Where if it's actually brought out to the public attention, like you would hope that then some of these organizations who are thinking about maybe doing something like this because they thought they could get away with it are actually like, oh no, actually we, we don't want this bad press. And, and to be fair, like if I have to kind of, uh, with regards to like the nerd rage stuff, because obviously we, we weren't allowed to talk about it while it was, ongoing in in like because they were doing an investigation which i completely understand why we we couldn't um but i think that the way that they handled it and the way that the tournament handled it is actually really good and hopefully kind of a, a you you see more practices like this start to occur as well because they uh firstly were on a probation period for a thing which they did which i actually agree with i think it's while you know while it's it was still like a serious matter. I still think going on a probation period is a way of saying that you're going to try and help them and, and advise them, which I think is smart because sometimes uh, whether it, it could just be a case of miscommunication, not all the time it is and most of the time mm -hmm. it isn't. But if it can kind of help uh, a team or organization learn and kind of realize that this this isn't right, that could good. Obviously with Nerd Rage, that didn't work. And, you know, what happened then was was unsportsmanlike and kind of the way that even they reacted to it afterwards was also unsportsmanlike and, and you don't want that in the league. And so I could see why then the league had the option of doing that. What I'm very glad with is it wasn't like, um, they are removed from the league and the players are, are, are removed from that league. I like the fact that the players still get the opportunity. Like Everybody still gets the chance. They're just not associated by that org and they now have the chance to find another organization. Mm -hmm. So I do think mm -hmm. it was it was really well done. And hopefully now that we've kind of seen a precedent of this um, and now kind of organizations hopefully realize if we do do stuff like this, uh, there are causes and consequences that you will hopefully see things not like this, and and this is good for a third for a, what is it? What is the third tier um, in well, the NLE, NLC system and second tier in the UK system? The fact that like a second tier is is implementing these things is good because if you can impl implement it at the bottom, then you can implement it at the top as well, and and hopefully that continues. Yeah, yeah I just want to say actually the the way it was handled was, you know, I think it was handled the best way it could be. Like you said, orgs, it doesn't matter how bad they've they've well it doesn't matter how bad but they, they they will mess up you know they are run by humans this is a relatively new area especially to the orgs coming in like they aren't this is the grassroots level so you're going to see new orgs come about and they're going to see them learn. they do deserve the opportunity to learn from their mistakes which is what the UKEL, what alex and mark gave to nerd rage they had that opportunity and they understood as well i think that's the key thing they understood that they were on out. They were on probation. They've done stuff in the past. They understood they had to be better, and they just weren't better. They continued to do stuff they shouldn't have done. And at the end of the day, you need to, at a certain point, you know, you need to put your foot down and say, "Well, no, then you've got." And they're not even like permanently banned, right? They're banned until like yeah. twenty twenty three or twenty twenty two. So they yeah. they have all the opportunity to go back and and work on it and get things. So I think it is a really healthy way to deal with situations like that. But absolutely one mistake from an org or even a, a few mistakes that are unrelated no reason to witch hunt them out of the league 100 percent 
Mm-hmm. And I, I think like I think what was good is that like in that probation during the statement which was given, what I like is it was like and if there was a repeatable offense, it was very tra- transparent that if there was offenses like this, which they would deem to be you know bad essentially, uh, that then punishment would also be given. And there was even that kind of there was that knowledge that they would if they did do something bad, though there, there would be uh, causes and, and you know and consequences because mm-hmm. of that. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think just well handled all around that one. To be fair, um, and we weren't, and we weren't. And by the way, just say yes, we're on the UKL, but obviously it's only because we happily get hosted by them. Um, we did not get told to say. I am, I'm suspecting that we did not get told to say that. <laughs> yeah. like, that is purely like my opinion on the on the situation itself in terms of the handling. Mm-hmm. I could tell you this: there there are a lot of other esports leagues in other titles which don't do things as good as that. So. Absolutely. I mean, there's like one of the. So I think Froome actually tweeted after like the nerd rage thing doesn't even break top ten of mm-hmm. scams. And I think we need to. I think everybody needs to try and adapt to this mentality where if you you know the classic is be the change you want to be in the world. Like no flame to Froome. I know a lot of people have that opinion, or a lot of people know what's going on and in the scene, and they're not saying anything. And I think it is difficult to speak out because you are putting yourself at risk mm-hmm. um but if you know all these things that all these things that are happening that are scammy the only way to get rid of them is to is to speak out on them so if you're burdened with that knowledge you know try and use it try and use it build up that courage that confidence especially if you're if you're not involved in the team right now it's much easier to share your opinion so i think I, it I is like I, said, I think it is very difficult though isn't mm-hmm. it it's like mm-hmm. because uh, while it's while it's a scene that isn't perfect for a lot of people, it's still a scene that they love, and and so it's hard for like I feel like sometimes you you do get this thought of like if I do come out with this, am I basically limiting myself from joining a scene the scene again, which I have this kind of connection to essentially, you know, and and it is it is a very difficult and the thing is though is that it shouldn't have to be in terms of like this shouldn't have to be a thing and unfortunately it is you know it's mm-hmm. like it shouldn't you should actually be able to say these things and, and not have repercussions or alternatively these things shouldn't be happening you know mm-hmm. exactly nobody's free from criticism right like not even orgs and i think at the well up until recently there was this sort of thing where orgs got away with whatever they want people knew about a lot of stuff that's going on and they still join the same orgs or they still you know participate or trial for them stuff like that and i think when we start speaking out like you said you know if you if you speak out against the team and you come and you're like sure that what they're doing is wrong then that team remains in the league because of whatever reason like for example feeling almost um you are cut inside if you're the one of the people that speak out against, against x org and that x org stays in the league that's one less spot that you pot- potentially can trial for because you know you're not going to be involved with them mm-hmm. um and you know seeing positive change from the UK EL in regards to Nerd Rage is only going to be a, a huge encouraging factor because now people will be actually, you know, there are consequences for them. And a new org is going to take that spot, right? So you're not losing out on any opportunities in that league. So it's really great. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, you know, on that kind of positive end to that, then we can maybe start to, uh, to wrap up the episode. Um, this is the point where I'd usually have a nice graphic for the upcoming UK EL games. Uh, I don't have one today, but I can tell you what the games are anyway. Uh, which are from uh, this next Thursday at 6pm, Monster Rugby against Orglus, obviously formerly Nerd Rage, um, and then followed up by uh, London's Academy. So, Billy, is, is anyone to look out for on there? 
I think the academy team right now are, are gelling. Um, I heard that their AD carry is popping off. I know that their mid laner is super motivated. We've worked together a couple of times. I think we've got a session with them later as well. So keep your eyes on both of them players. But Very the team nice. in general is good. Yeah, and they're against um, Lucendi in that match. Uh, then X7 against London United. And then um, followed up by Demise against Knox. Uh, and again, that's from uh, 6 p.m. on Thursday. Um, and yeah, with that, we're, uh, we're pretty much all done. Obviously, if you are... Uh, watching on twitch and we've got a few knocking around in the chat um do feel free to follow on there to see those games on thursday obviously you can watch us as well we usually live every sunday otherwise if you're watching later back on youtube or listening on a variety of podcast hosting platforms and you can of course follow on on any of those uh, and you can follow us all directly on twitter as well and yeah that's pretty much that thanks for coming billy and thanks for listening everyone no problem